Or perhaps they're, it's because they don't know how God answers prayer. And they've lost faith in prayer. Um, used to have a friend that uh, her father had uh, claimed that he was an atheist. And the reason that he became an atheist was due to the fact that he and his wife had tried many, many years to have a child and he lost faith because God wasn't answering his prayer. Now, mind you, he did, they did end up having a child, but he never let go of the fact that it took God so long to answer that prayer. Uh, they had a daughter, and uh, that was the only child that they had, but they had a daughter, and the prayer was answered. Now, w- certainly one of the answers that God gives us is... Uh, when, uh, when we request uh, prayer, is that no is an answer and yes is an answer and maybe yes is an answer but not the way we think it should be answered or yes is an answer but not in the time we think it should be answered. And so we're going to talk about those uh, briefly this evening. Number one, there are at least four ways that God answers prayer beginning with Request granted. You know, God may answer yes. God often grants the petitions we ask Him. Notice, if you will, on the, on the screen here, um, Psalms chapter 118 and verse 5. I called on the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a broad place. Notice, if you will, also in the book of Psalms, chapter 138 And I'm going to put it up there for you too. Psalms 138 and verse 3. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. Now God answers prayers, doesn't He? And the answer could be, request is granted. Yes is the answer. For God to answer yes though, there are a few things that the person that's making the request has to do. And one of those we can notice in 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. So what is one of the prerequisites that we do when we pray? that it's the Lord's will so that He can answer us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked from Him. So we have to ask knowing that the prayer that we are requesting is in accordance to the will of God. Now, what if I'm asking Him for something to happen that is contrary to God's will? what do we automatically know the answer is going to be? The answer is going to be no. The answer is always going to be no if we're requesting something that is opposing to God's will. You know, we we don't pray that, uh, that our enemies die, do we? We don't pray that... Uh, those who don't show love for us, that something bad happens to them. That's not the Christian attitude that we should have. So those things, if we, if we were to pray those as the Christian, God would not answer those prayers in the affirmative. And if by some chance that person was injured, it's not because we prayed that prayer. 
It's not because we ask some, something of God to do to them. Because that would be against the will of God. Notice, if you will, also 1 John chapter 3 and verse 22. And whatever we ask, we receive from Him because we keep His commandments and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. We do those things that are pleasing in His sight and we keep His commandments. Doesn't that remind you of 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7? If, if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from our sins. That's a, a conditional statement, if... Then, if then, if we walk in the light, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, right? So we have to walk in the light, we have to do the will of God. So some prerequisites then are that the things that we ask in prayer must be according to the will of God in order for God to answer yes. God often grants requests and petitions that we ask of Him, especially when we put Him first in our lives. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33. Notice, if you will, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning in verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not, on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. If we do things according to God's will, He's much more likely to answer our prayers in the request granted, if you will. The yes that we so look forward to Him answering our prayers. <clears throat> Naturally, we rejoice when God grants our request, but sometimes we receive a different answer, don't we? Sometimes that answer could be request granted, but not yet. And, I, and that reminds me of, of the gentleman that I was uh, talking about, that he prayed and prayed and prayed that they might have a child, and he lost faith in God that God really could provide that, those things that he asked. And the answer really was, yes, but not right now. Or yes, but in my own time. Maybe there were particular things that had to happen biologically with him, him or with his wife or something for them to be in a position to where uh, she could be with child and bear that child and it uh, come to fruition and, and uh, be born. Whatever the case may be, we don't always know the answer that God gives us and why He gives us that particular answer. But yet, yes, but not yet is an answer, isn't it? And sometimes it may be years down the road before we get that, before we realize that the answer that God gave us was yes, but not yet. But certainly that is an answer. Notice, if you will, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Now we know a, a, a famous song was written uh, from that, uh, those verses there uh, included in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. But God knows more than we before we ask, doesn't He? To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Do we always know what the purpose is as Christians? We don't always know what the purpose is, do we? But mind you, we know that there is a purpose for everything under heaven because God's Word tells us that there is. Notice, if you will, a few verses over in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11. I'll scoot that up a little bit so you can see it better. Um, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. Some things that God does are a mystery to us, aren't they? And we don't always have an answer for everything that God does. Um, I think uh, it was Tommy that mentioned in one of his sermons on Sunday that you know, oftentimes we say, well, when we get to heaven, we're going to understand all these things. Or when we get to heaven, we're going to be able to get answers to questions. But it won't matter then, will it? It won't matter what the answer was because we've already made it to heaven. And that should be the ultimate goal for the Christian is to make it to heaven. So it doesn't really matter what the answer is then. Some of these things that confuse us as Christians today and why God did specific things in specific ways or depending on who you are, pacific ways and pacific things. We have a guy at the fire hall that always says pacific instead of specific. We call them emetisms. Um, So when the answer seems to be wait, when the answer seems to be wait, notice if you will from Hebrews chapter Um, 6 beginning in verse 10. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10. For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love which you have shown toward His name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Do we as Christians have to have patience? Whole sermons could be preached on that of patience, right? Sometimes we pray this, Lord, give me patience and give it to me right now. But that's not patience, is it? That's not what God wants us to do. God does things the way He wants to do it in God's time, not in our time. And for that gentleman who had lost faith in God because his prayer was not answered in a timely manner for them to have a child, eventually they did. But it wasn't what he thought it should be. And we as Christians have to know that sometimes wait is an answer. 
Sometimes when we talk to our children and we say, well, um, they say, well, can I have a piece of chocolate? Can I have a piece of chocolate? It's like, well, wait until tomorrow. You know, it's, it's 9 o'clock at night. You don't need a piece of chocolate before you go to bed. So the answer is yes, but wait until tomorrow, right? And we need to understand that God uses that as an answer sometimes. He says, yes, but wait. Wait and let me do it in my own time. Ron? Yes, sir. Go right ahead. It is your time to speak. Uh, Freeman's bringing you a microphone. If you'll hold up just a second, that way everybody else can hear you. This gentleman that you were talking about that yes, sir. wanted a child and didn't have one in the time frame he expected, or at least wanted one, he was an atheist, is that what you said? That's what he claimed to be. After, after he had prayed and he'd given up because God did not give him the answer in a timely manner, he decided that he didn't believe that there was a higher power and that all that prayer was for naught. Was he a member of the church when no, he was sir. doing his prayer? No, sir, he was so never a member did, of the Did church. I understand you to say correctly that God finally answered his prayer? Well, no, he did not. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make I probably did say that. Yeah, well. But okay. no, he did not, because we know from our previous study that God doesn't answer the prayers of the sinner, right? That he doesn't answer the prayer of those who are doing according, are not doing according to his will. No, that's correct, John chapter 9 and verse 31. But if he had not lost faith and he had become a Christian, then we would have said that answer was yes, right? Only after he was a Christian, that's right. That's exactly right. Although some people would say when they're good people and even when they're in a religious group, a denominational group, that God answered their prayer. And we know that looking back at the Bible that that's uh, certainly not the case. Um, so we also need to, be, to keep asking, seeking, and knocking. Like we mentioned in Luke chapter 11, verses 8 through 10, that we need to be persistent in our prayer. And we need to remember God's promise. Look, if you will, Romans chapter 8 and verse 24. Romans chapter 8... And verse 24. <clears throat> For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? We don't have to have hope once we see it, do we? We don't have to have hope that God's going to answer something if we already have the answer in front of us. Because we can see that. It's tangible to us. We've already gotten an answer from God, so we don't need to hope for something that we see. When we get to heaven, we don't need to hope for heaven, do we? Because we're already there. The, the fruition of the life that we have lived as a Christian by remaining faithful unto death and receiving that crown of life, that heavenly home with God one day, has come to fruition. So we, don't, we no longer need hope because we can see that thing. So I have highlighted there, but hope that is not seen, uh, but hope that is seen is not hope. Once it's tangible and in front of you, it's no longer hope. It's a reality. We don't have to hope for things that we can't see 
I mean, we don't have to hope for things that we can see that's already tangible to us. So we talked about request granted, request granted but not yet. And when God seems to be saying yes but wait, it is a time for patience and trust in His providence. We need similar trust should we become apparent that God's answer is request granted but not as expected. Maybe our request is granted as we pray to God, but it's not what we think it should be. You often hear the, uh, people say, uh, be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you pray for. If you're a faithful Christian and you're praying for something specific and that specific, things happen, th- that specific thing happens, and I know that we can't always say because we prayed or because of this, it was the providence of God that this specific thing happened. But when those things happen and God says, yes, but not as you think, we need to realize that that is an answer too. Sometimes God answers in a way differently than what we may anticipate the answer should be. Remember, his thoughts and methods are different than ours. Notice, if you will, uh, the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55 in verse 8. Actually, verses 8 and 9. For your thoughts, for, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. Let me, let me read that again. I'm getting ahead of myself. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. And and continuing there in verse 9, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God knows more than we know. God knows the answer better than we know it. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are better than our ways. Now, it's not always easy to accept that, though, is it? It's not always easy to accept that. Did I see a hand somewhere? Tom. Oh, please don't. Okay, good. I always want you to be able to make your point, Tom. <laughs> I think there's another situation regarding prayer that you may not have have up there, and maybe you're going to get to this, but you haven't. Okay. And that is that when we ask for something that may not be the best for us, God may allow us to have that, knowing that it may not lead to a good result. Just as... Uh, our children sometimes will badger us and banter us. I want to do this, 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 and this. And finally you just give in and say, okay, go ahead and do it. You will have to suffer the results of this, which aren't going to turn out well. Uh, and a, a good, a fairly close scriptural example I can think of is when the children of Israel wanted a king. Mm-hmm. God knew what was going to transpire when they wanted a king. Yes. But he allowed it. And we all know what the end result of that was. Uh, 
some of the results were good, but a large number of results are, were bad. So, so I think that that may be an end result of prayer that you haven't covered or may not have been going to cover. I kind of I, I think, and, and maybe I'm wrong in, in thinking this, but I kind of think that the answer is yes, but not in the way that you think kind of covers that as well. Maybe the answer is no, but not in a way that you think as well. But the moral of this story is be careful what you ask for because you might get it. That's right. You might get it, and you might be sorry that you got That's it. That's exactly right. And, and we have, and, and just like you say, when our, when our children sometimes badger us, which my children never do, <laughs> you know that's not true. I'm being facetious. When they badger you and you say, well, okay, just go ahead and do it. Because you know what's going to, you know, as the parent, what's going to happen. That it's not going to be a good result, but you go ahead and do it. Uh, I think that it's possible. Um, I think sometimes that God certainly teaches us lessons uh, to prepare us for being a stronger Christian and what that we and what we do. Now, I can't say a specific thing is a specific thing that a specific situation is that's the answer that God gave, but I think that it's possible. Does anybody else think that's possible? That God could sometimes give us uh, an answer to our question that we want, but yet knowing that the result is, is going to be bad. I think that it's possible. Sometimes we're hard-headed and we have to see it for ourselves. That's exactly right. Sometimes we are hard-headed and we need to see it for ourselves. It's exactly right. He may give us trials to bear. For example, asking God for strength and perseverance. Notice, if you will, Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 29. Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 29. Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation and that from God. That you persevere, that you strive together in one mind. In Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 3, Romans chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse 3, And not only that, but we also glorify in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. We persevere. We stay constant to that which we're, which we're looking for which in turn develops the virtues we prayed for. We pray for patience, but yet we're patient for God to give us those patience because we persevere, we keep our patience. David? Yes, sir? 
maybe about five or six, and they kept asking her for stuff, and it gets on and on. And she said, oh, don't be so unpatient. Unpatient. That's right. Yes, sir, unpatient is definitely. <laughs> That's right. We must not limit God's options to what the answer of our prayer might be. We can't put God in a box, can we? Now, we can say, and don't misunderstand this, we can say that God has put Himself in a box because He has given boundaries of which things He can and can't do. God can't lie, right? We know that that's a boundary that God has set up. It's against His very nature to be able to lie. He can't do it. It's not possible. It's not in the nature of God. We should not, we, I mean, we should be careful and not dictate to God how to answer our prayers. There are forces at work beyond what we can imagine. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, an example of that. Plus, we don't always know what to pray for as we ought. Notice, if you will, while we're still in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You know, we, we talked about that God already knows what we need before we ask, but yet He still commands us to ask. God already knows what the answer is going to be, but yet He still commands us to ask. He still commands us, he still commands us to pray through His Word. We don't need to limit the how, and we might limit the result when praying for the sick. Do we pray simply that God bless the use of natural means, doctors, medicines, etc.? If so, might we, as Christians limit God as to how He might restore them in ways beyond what we are able to imagine. But yet we can't always say that was God's answer to that prayer. So we don't always understand how God answers prayers. Is it not better to simply ask God to restore the sick and leave whatever methods they should be restored to God? Certainly, that's the case anyway, isn't it? Whether we accept that or not, that is the case anyway. Now, God can work through the means and, and a modern technology and medicine and things of that nature to make someone better or to prolong their life, and, and many times He does. Uh, I see that every day when I work. You know, I, I, I go and get someone that's having a, a current heart attack. They are right now have a blockage in their heart that is causing them to have a heart attack. And I take them into a cath lab and I see the doctors scrub and they go up through the femoral line and, they, and I see it on the fluoroscope there, uh, the x-ray, and they go in there and they stent that and the blood flow is restored to the heart. I pray for my patients because I want to certainly give them the benefit of living a longer life and hopefully living a longer life if they're not a Christian to have an opportunity at some point in their life to become one. 
We can't limit God's options of how He answers prayers. And then lastly, request denied. God may answer no. The answer simply may be no. There are many times that when God denies our request... Notice, if you will, James chapter 4 and verse 3. James chapter 4 and verse 3. It helps if I have the verse up there. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. If we don't have faith that God's going to answer our prayers, why even pray the prayer? Why even ask? We must trust that God, who knows what is best, would do so only if granting our request might not be for our good. Notice, if you will, Hebrews chapter 12, beginning in verse 5. Hebrews chapter 12, <clears throat> beginning in verse 5. And we'll, we'll look at uh, uh, 5 through uh, 11 here. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? Certainly we correct our own physical sons or daughters, don't we? So should we expect God not to do that to us? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more, more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? When God answers no, or what seems to be no as His answer, we may not fully understand, but we can still fully trust what God's answer is especially in the light of the promise in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, and certainly uh, something that should always be encouraging to the Christian, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13, and he reminds us, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear, but with every temptation will make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. We're not always looking for the way of escape, are we? We don't always seek the way of escape. Sometimes we just give in to the temptation because it's the easier thing to do. Because maybe it's the popular thing to do. Whatever the case may be. But the promise is that He will provide a way of escape. So we have to be willing and oftentimes look at the situation to, be, to realize what way of escape that is present there provided by the Lord. God will provide the grace and mercy to do without. Notice, if you will, 2 Corinthians 
2 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast of my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We talked about Paul. We talked about that... um, uh, that Did I say Paul? Huh? Yeah, okay. Was it Paul that had the infirmity? Huh? So he he prayed, but what was the answer? No, my grace is more than sufficient. Yes, Joe. Yes, sir. right the question comes uh, a sinning husband has a sick wife he prays that she gets well Mm -hmm. she gets well a christian husband has a sick wife he prays she gets well she doesn't get well now that sinner will believe that that's the answer to prayer. Yes, sir. But it seems to me the only way that we can know how God answers our prayer is through faith, the faith that we believe and know that he answers prayer. You're exactly right. And we can't tell exactly when and how and where and what he did to answer our prayers. We just have to believe that he will answer prayer. That's exactly right. Either give it to us or not, or now, or never, or We can't always say that the specific thing that we prayed for was answered in the way that we really, because of something that God did, was answered in that way. It may have, may have been that that was going to happen that way to begin with. Just like the Bible tells us that God allows it to rain on the just and the unjust. And, and we think about the fact that so many people that are unjust or so many people that aren't members of the church or members of the body of Christ, uh, the church, as we, as the Bible describes what the body of Christ really is, and they, they're maybe uh, not religious at all or part of a denominational group that we know does not go by what the things that God's Word says, but yet they are blessed beyond what we're blessed. In other words, monetarily and and uh, the things that go on in their life, and we think, well, look how much God has blessed them. When in actuality, God allows things to happen to the good and the bad. And we can't pin down, like you said, Joe, specifically that that answer was because of the answer of God. And we do certainly have to do it by faith. That's right. 
he projects well for him anyway. <laughs> uh, but, but another thing, uh, God will answer prayer a lot of times, or he will have things come to, fru to fruition because of his will that may not necessarily have anything to do with the person That's that right. is uh, praying the prayer. It, it may be some kind of involvement in there, but uh, and I guess in a sense that goes back around to my first statement in the fact that the, the world gives God credit for prayers that he didn't answer. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it could have just been in the scheme of his, his works, but it's not for that person particularly that the things happen. Well, I mean, and is it not a possibility then that when God answers prayer and the way he answers it might be because of something on down the line that is going to happen because of this? Because, you know, I taught Tom uh, the gospel and then Tom takes that to someone else and then someone else through that effort becomes a Christian. Is that not possible that God answers prayer in, this, in the same way. That maybe he answers it this way, that a way that I didn't expect him to, to answer it as a Christian, but yet the results can be seen further on down the line. And certainly that's a possibility in how God answers prayer as well. So let's conclude with this. There are at least four ways, and probably more than, that God answers our prayers. Request granted, Request granted but not yet. Request granted but not as expected. Or request denied. Certainly I hope that it encourages you to be strengthened in your prayer life as a Christian as we've gone through this study. I certainly have appreciated it. I certainly appreciate the comments and the thought-provoking questions and the thought-provoking statements that are given by all of us in our discussion and it certainly makes me stronger in my prayer life and stronger as a Christian as well. Steve, did you want to say something before Freeman has the closing prayer? Freeman has our closing prayer, and uh, you want to have... I think that mic's up on. Um, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you.